0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, your host of the weekly Spirit Seeker Cindy Meyer radio show program, brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. We are 23 years old. It's hard to believe. We started off as a print magazine in St. Louis, and then we expanded into Chicago and then into Florida, both coasts. And, um, we have been digital as well since nineteen ninety eight in addition to the magazine um as you know, if you're listening, we have the weekly radio show. We also have an email newsletter where we um, send you an email letting you know who the radio show guests are um when the magazine is online with a, um, a link where you can just click right on it and go right to the magazine. We also let you know of other Mind, Body, Spirit events uh, throughout the United States and to Canada and sometimes uh, into other parts of the world uh, because Spirit Seeker does take you on international trips as well for the Mind, Body, and Spirit. So just to give you a picture of where we'll be in the next month, um, this uh, next weekend we will be at the It's Raining Zen uh, Psychic Fair in Alton, Illinois, and I will be reading and having a booth there with a magazine. I will be in Springfield, Missouri at the um, Springfield Metaphysical Fair, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and offering um, a lecture on feng shui. I will be in Florida at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Tampa on November 16th and 17th, But I will be in Florida the 13th through the 20th teaching a feng shui class in St. Petersburg as well as working in New Tampa um, and also doing several private parties. And some of those private parties are open uh, to people that, you know, would like to come. So if you are interested in any of those events in Florida, um, just send me an email to uh, CYNDE at com. Okay, so that. That's it for announcements. Uh, we're just um, going to be at a lot of different events in October and November. And um, I just, I'm just also teaching a Feng Shui class, by the way, at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Florida. All right, so the final announcement before I introduce my guest and bring her on is that uh, we would love to have you as um, an email subscriber. So you can do that in one of two ways. You can send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com asking to be added to our email list, or you can go directly to the Spirit Seeker site, spiritseeker.com, um, and there's a join our email list there. We do periodic drawings for books, for uh, DVDs, for tickets to events. We do not sell our list. It is sacrosanct. Uh, we do allow others to advertise their, um, their events, products, etc. on our email list, but we do not sell it. So um, your email is safe with us. So once again, to be part of the email list, uh, send an email to info at spiritsecret.com. Okay, so that is it. So now to tell you about um, my guest this evening, her name is Rhoda Shapiro, and she um, has uh, written a wonderful book called Fierce Woman, Wake Up Your Badass Self. Um, Rhoda is uh, from San Jose, California, and she's worked for a decade as a tantric educator training women, to step into their power by way of meditation, movement, dance, expression, and yoga. She has facilitated women's circles and taught workshops throughout Los Angeles and in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her new book is, um, it it talks about the sacred and um, reaches out to women all over the world to awaken the goddess within. So I am going to... um, bring Rhoda on at this point and let her tell us more about the book, but it is a fascinating read. Um, so Rhoda, thank you and welcome uh, so much to the show.
0: Hi, Cindy.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you know, you've had a journey, my dear. I uh, <laughs> I knew when I saw the title <laughs> of this book, I went, okay, because, you know, your publicist reached out. Yes. And, um, and I thought, okay, whoever wrote a book with this title is going to be an interesting person and um <laughs> and you know, and I kinda of read, you know, in your introduction your story and I thought, Wow, she is fearless, just absolutely fearless but you whatever you want to tell the listeners as an introduction as to how how you got to this point, um, you know, and you know, it's just I found it fascinating how this happened and then that happened and you know we all know that everything's in divine order even when we think when we think it isn't so um so you share and then I will jump in um, and ask questions here and there but let's just okay. let you tell whatever you want to share.
0: Okay, wow, where do I even begin? There's so much. Um, I know. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing is the thing that was really calling to me with this book was just knowing that, really feeling that other women needed to hear it, needed to read these words. Um, You know, I I, I don't, you know, like to say that these are things that that I'm necessarily teaching. It's more like bringing women back home to themselves, to that place of deep inner wisdom and knowing and being aligned to that, you know, being aligned to that power that all of us carry. And I think that, You know, too often we just receive all these messages. I know I did, you know, as a child, as a young girl, and messages of not being good enough, of not being worthy, of, you know, all the worth that we are amounting to, the exterior. Um, There are just so many uh, societal demands, I feel like, and pressures placed on women. And I really wanted to write something that spoke to that that really cut through all of the chatter, all of the chaos that's going on to just sort of redirect us back to who we really are, you know, in our natural state. And I, I start the book out with a story, a personal story, something that I experienced, um, you know, over a decade or so ago, and of being on a plane and being groped on an airplane and not feeling like I had any, any power to be able to speak up for myself, to be able to stand up for myself, even though inside I knew that I wanted to, feeling just, you know, so vulnerable and and, and, and silenced. And then from that place, um, you know, I, I start the book off on that note and just just saying like, you know, hey, it's all of us have the power, all of us have our own unique voice, and we need to share that with the world, you know, whether it's standing up against something or standing for something, whatever it may be. Um, but it's so important to to align to that, so um, that's that's really why I felt called to write this book.
1: Well, and I, any woman reading that introduction, I mean, we've all had our stories. I it, uh, and, and I thought, oh, I mean, you elbowed the guy. I mean, for the listeners that are like, what yeah. are they talking about? Rhoda's on this <laughs> plane, and you jump in if I don't have it correctly, but basically on this okay. plane, and we we've all had annoying seatmates and. You know the person sitting next to her is just, you know, like staring at her. You know the the eyes you can feel them on you and trying to, you know, mm-hmm. engage. And you gave short terse answers. And finally he got the message. And you're like, okay, cool. He opens this newspaper, and you know you're like, finally he got the message. Well, right as you're ready to land, he opens the newspaper, covers it over your chest, and away he like groped you literally. And yes. Yeah. You're like, you know, I mean, I I can, I, but see, I can see where you're like, oh, my God, like, do I make a scene? Do I, what do I, and yeah. so you elbow them and turn the other way, but yet, you know, and, and then you tell, and, and your your fiancé, your boyfriend, of course, could see you were upset. He knew. He knows you.
0: Knew
1: you, right. whatever, however you right. put
0: it. And then right. even then, it's crazy because, yeah, I get off the plane, and my fiancé's there, he just sees the look on my face, like, what is it? And then I tell him, and he's just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. Where is this guy? You know, like, I want to I have a confrontation. And even then, even at that point, I was like, no, it's going to be uncomfortable. I don't want anybody to be upset, blah, 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 you know. So even when he wanted to take the initiative and go for it, I didn't want to do it. Um, so, yeah. And then I just, I just remembered for, for months after that just feeling, you know, all of this regret and just wondering, like, wow, I really... I really missed missed on an opportunity to stand up for myself and express myself there. Um, And then, you know, that was like way before I discovered, you know, all the work that I'm doing now with the, the meditation and the tantric work, that was way before I discovered that. And then, so when I did actually start the journey and, and, and go deeper and go into really unraveling and unlocking my power, I was just astounded by what I found there. Um, and and just astounded by just that realization that, um, for me, you know, the whole concept of, of self-love, self-worth, self-love, I had not even ever considered it, you know? I, and I was in my mid-20s already at this point. It had not even come into my mind that that was a possibility or that it was important, that that mattered. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's been quite a journey from that point.
1: Well, and, you know, we're in interesting times right now. You know, the Me Too movement helped women find their voice. But a lot of people felt, you know, that oh, I don't even know what people felt. It really doesn't matter. It's just our society as a whole has um, poo-pooed, you know, women's voices. they have like, oh, well, you know, you know, like your boyfriend wanting to defend you, that was acceptable. But you saying, look what he did to me it It
0: puts right, a woman right.
1: unfortunately in the society, especially right now, um things are going backwards instead of forwards in so many ways, so it really takes us to have a collective voice is you know people just they don't want like a o c you know Alexandria or Tuzcotttea mm-hmm. they don't want to hear her voice mm-hmm. they but no. yet they do I know, so we're in interesting yeah. time, so your book is very timely, very, very timely, oh, and you. um so. So as you found your voice, what um, – and I loved how you described your meditation when you were like – you lay down and the next thing you knew it was two hours later and then you were afraid you were going to lose it if you moved. <laughs> I just started oh, laughing yes, yes. because, but because <laughs> I knew I, I knew what you meant. I mean, so so yes. you, let's just see where this journey, like where it took you, you know, like just whatever you want to okay. share. So, okay, so here's
0: the thing. So I started – it was actually um, – and I don't, I don't actually even think that I went to, into this in the book, but it was that, you know, my husband and I, we had been together for a long time since we were teenagers. So at a certain point, like a decade into it, we said, you know, we need to, we need to try something new. We, we, we wanted to, to spruce up our sex life a little bit. And so we said, oh, let's look into this, <laughs> into this thing called Tantra. We had no idea what it was. And... Um, so we said, yeah, that's supposed to be, you know, that, that'll probably give us something new and something exciting. So we actually went, we went to our first class, and literally, like, by the first class, I was just blown away. I mean, I just, just sitting there, experiencing the exercises, working together, breathing together, I just felt like this whole new world opened up within me, and I realized, like, wow, this is, this is about so much more than sex, you know? as, you know, we in Western culture, as, you know, we kind of, um, so we completely westernized the whole concept of Tantra and made it really about sex. And it's really about so much more than that. It's about that, but it's about so much more than that. And so when I I started working with that practice, I started focusing on my breathing. I started focusing on my body and actually started listening to my body for once. Like, investigating, like, hey, what's going on here? Like, what am I feeling right now? What do I want to do with this feeling? What am I holding on to? You know, I started really just um, going on this, this really deep inner journey and so um, just in awe of what I found there. And as I started going more and more into the practice, probably within a few months, because I was literally, I was, I was just so um, engrossed that I was doing, I was practicing a few hours a day. And, um, you know you get to the point where it's like your your life becomes your practice, right? so you are always you know um, you know present you are always activated and and connected to everyone and everything around you you know that that's the whole practice at a basic level right and so right. I started just going deep into it and practicing and just started opening up all these pathways within and then noticing that the more deeper I went within myself and the more like stuck energy and stuck emotions and things like that, that I was clearing out inside myself, everything in my universe just started to transform. My relationships became deeper. Um, just my, my that sense of joy, of passion, of, like, showing up. Um, I used to, you know, like, just clench, you know, clench my voice and just clench, clench my magic almost all the time. Um, but then I started to just open and lean into it. And it literally it just transformed every aspect of my life, like, within that first year. And then um, that's when I said to myself, I was like, okay, like, I am all the way in. And um, yeah. that's when I started training to become a teacher.
1: Wow. Well, and you use the breaths all the way through this book, which, you know, I'm yes, trained as a breathwork coach. Oh, I know. And it's like, yeah. you know, the, the thing with Tantra, um, I've, I've studied quite a bit with it, is what I love about it. There's so many things I love about it. But one thing is that it's the you use the breath because it is um, kundalini. I mean, you're raising the energy, you're yeah. opening the sensuality and um, and everything. And I love how in your chapter, Sensuality is Power, I love how you say sensuality is also feeling the juices of a nectarine dancing on your tongue.
0: Yeah, your- yeah.
1: Oh, I know, I know. Digging your toes into the sand and nearly feeling each individual grain as it comes in contact uh, with your with your feet. And, I mean, and anyone who has been to the beach mm-hmm. and sat down and has done that toes into the sand, I mean, you just know it. You can see it. You can feel it. Yes.
0: And,
1: right. And you feel it all the way yes. through. It's not just the toes. It's like this kundalini rush. Yes. And it's like, yes.
0: Everything, right? It runs through right. you. And sometimes... The thing is, we take those little things for granted, right? We're like, yeah, we, we sometimes take that for granted. So this is about just fully surrendering to the experience of those sensations, of being present in your body, of really being able to, to come home to the senses, and it just, oh, it just transforms everything.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, so I don't even know where to go next. I mean, this book is so fun. <laughs> I, I, I like how you have oh, exercises. So why don't you talk about how you decided to add these exercises to um, anything that you're okay. sharing? You then have an exercise, which
0: is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for saying that because i I was very intentional with, with how I created this. Like I broke it down into sections. Um, you know, mind, body, heart, and spirit. And I really wanted to cover. You know, I thought those four aspects were really important um, to just really dive deep into each one. And I wanted each chapter to have that sense of something tangible, you know, and something actionable that you can really take into your day. So, you know, the experience of reading is great, but then to be able to, at the end, step aside and say, okay, now let me embody it, or now let me use this out in my day, um, I just thought was so key and so important in terms of integrating, you know, the work and integrating the words you're, you're reading into your daily life.
1: So, to give you an exercise, or I mean, an idea, listeners, um, her chapter on sensuality as power. I already wrote a couple or mentioned a couple of the things. But then she, um, Rhoda, has preparing for the exercise and then doing the exercise. And then she moves from that exercise into deepening your sensual self tasting, then deepening your sensual self hearing, then deepening your Mm sensual self smelling then seeing, and then deepening your sensual, sensual self using all of the senses. And each and every one of these has an exercise. So to give you an example, Rhoda, which one do you want me to share? I've got the book right here.
0: Um, how about maybe feeling?
1: Okay, so smelling. Let's see, Okay, here's the – okay, here – well, I have self-tasting – I was trying to look for the feeling I saw hearing. Here we go. All right, so deepening your sensual self feeling. Find a comfortable place where you can lie down on your back. Put a pillow under your knees if you need to. Doing the exercise, allow your jaw to drop open slightly. Very slowly start to inhale through your mouth. And here is the really important part. As you inhale, feel the breath on its journey all the way down through your body. Feel the breath coming in. Feel it touching the lips, then the tongue, then the back of the throat. And as you continue guiding it down, feel that breath travel all the way down to the belly. Feel the way that it energizes and oxygenates you from within. Stay with it. Don't get ahead of it or behind it. Keep all of your focus married to that breath and push it all the way into the belly, feeling the belly expand with its power. Next is time for the exhale. Exhale that breath through the mouth once again. And the same as you did last time, feel that breath as it slowly caresses your body. Feel it moving up and out. Continue breathing this way for five to ten minutes. When you're finished, notice how much more present and alive you feel. So that's the tip of the, like, that's just like one little tiny part of this book. And...
0: (laughs) Just
1: so, <laughs> right? And so you and you start the reader off slowly, getting comfortable with their breath, getting comfortable with you know the concept of sensuality and personal power. You cover the chakras, which I just taught the chakras to my mediumship students on Monday night, and I was like, "Oh, I like the oh, way she explained your chakras." <laughs> so,
0: oh, um,
1: nice, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so Rhoda, what when you when you were um, when you were creating this book, what was the biggest aha moment for you? I mean, every writer has them. For you, what was the what were a few of the surprises that came up? If you wouldn't mind.
0: Oh man! I mean, for one, I didn't think I would get there. I mean, I I, I wanted to get there <laughs> to the end, but it was very daunting to begin this process of, you know, the blank page the blank screen or whatever it may be um, and just setting it down and coming back to it each day. Um, I did not know what I would come up with at the end. you know I had an idea and I, I kind of had my, my format and my structure down but um, I it really <laughs> surprised me as I, I, as I got locked into it and I just sometimes I would just sit there and I would literally there with one sentence for a good 25, 30 minutes, just sitting inside the sentence, um, just inside and out, just working with that sentence, and until I moved on to the next one, Um, and so it was, uh, it was a big journey, it was a big experience, Um, you know, along the way, I, one of the things, and this is, this is crazy, because I always wanted to, I knew I wanted to write a book. I mean, for the last decade or so, that was always something that was calling to me. But around that time when that idea started coming, I started, you know, I said to myself, yeah, you know, I want to write something, but but what do I have to say, right? Like, what do I have of value to put out there? What do I have that's important? What kind of stories do I have that are going to connect with people and make people want to keep reading? That that was a lot of the stuff that was going on for me in the beginning. And then... um, when I finally was like, okay, I'm ready to do this, and I sat down to write, you know, those, those voices were, you know, they were still lingering in the back there a little bit. And as I just sat with it, and I was present for the whole creative process, and just everything just started coming together, and, and I just felt literally like my, my heart was just overflowing with all of this energy and all of these things that I just really wanted to share, that was very surprising. Um, And it's it's just the whole thing, you know, like in the whole creative process, right? It's it's such a magical process. You really give yourself over to that process because you don't know. You don't know what's going to come up. You want it, you know, you want it to be great and do this and that, but you really can't control it. You just have to flow and just let what's there be there. And so it was really, yeah, it was really surprising to me as I went to just see all of these, all of these memories flood up. And there were just things, some things that I honestly, honestly hadn't thought about for 20 years or so. Like I literally, like I had just like, okay, closed the door on this. And suddenly in, in, in that process, it, it just like, there's one thing in particular I'm thinking of, but just popped up into my mind and just like, oh my gosh, it just, it, it was really powerful. So um, I felt like it was a powerful transformative experience, you know, really putting this book um into form. Right.
1: Well, and you know, yeah. I think this book could be read by a man. I mean, anyone could read this book and yeah. it's totally oh, it's well, to see inside the mind and understanding and um you know, and it's interesting that you and your husband, you know, kind of came to the Tantra together. Sometimes there's one person who wants to do it and the other one doesn't, and the other one says, okay, even though they don't really want to, but they, you know, they, but then. You know, you know how it is. People say yes when they really want to yes. say no, but they're afraid to say uh, say no because what if they, yeah. you know. So the whole thing is that, you know, the way you have written this book is is you're not bashing men at all. I mean, and I love that right. part. It's This is a journey, if you're a woman, how to rediscover yourself in a whole new way.
0: Right, right, right. And, I, and thank you so much for bringing that up because if you – are going about this journey, and you are bashing men, then that's a big problem, you know, like that's, that's going to be a hindrance in your journey, right? Um, Because I, I truly believe it's like, you know, our, our culture has, you know, really placed men and the concept and the whole thing of masculine energy above feminine energy in like every regard for years and years. I mean, this has been the case. And I feel like right now is the time, right, to really step in and reclaim feminine energy and really start to, you know, honor it for what it is. And, and also, you know, we, we have to bring men along on that journey, too, right? I, I think that's a big, a big part of it because all of us, you know, every, every human being has both energies at play within, feminine and masculine, and, you know, men have been denied this for so many years, too, because, you know, that whole thing of, you know, being a strong man and not showing your emotions and not really communicating everything, I mean, that has really, really hindered so many men um, from really just stepping into their, you know, who they truly are and aligning to that. So I feel like as we start, you know, we work to reclaim that feminine in ourselves, um, we also need to do the work of, of healing, you know, maybe thoughts of, oh, the masculine, you know, like our experiences with the masculine and, and holding back from the masculine. It's, it's, I feel like it's time to heal all that um, so that we can really invite men on this journey so they can understand feminine energy. They can understand who we truly are as women. Um, and then they can start to see, you know, that feminine in themselves. And allow that right. to shine through. Yeah,
1: I yeah, I think the whole thing is as women um, discover who they are and the possibility. Um, it's a, it's a whole like and what well you know we know that as one thing heals, other things come up. You know, and it doesn't mean we didn't do our um, uh, a proper job in doing the work. It just means that we're ready to go deeper. So I I really love how you started the book with the section. Um, of Section one, working with the mind, and then uh, section two with with working with the body. And um, you you started off with understanding what Shakti is, so maybe we should touch on Shakti because that's kind of the core oh, in so many ways of the energy. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. Um, so Shakti is a a feminine force, a feminine energy um, that exists not only within us, but within all of the universe, um, and it's a very dynamic and creative energy. You know, I like to think of it as, the you know, it, it, it's um, you can really see it in nature, you know, like the rush of a waterfall cascading down. Um, I like to think of, like, you know, colors in nature, like the electric green color of the field or of a really vivid, beautiful flower, um, and it's that energy that exists within ourselves and vibrates and animates the cells. Um, I like to say that, um, you know, masculine energy is kind of the, you know, it's the ground, like it's the foundation, um, you know, and that it, it, it's, it's a canvas almost. So masculine energy is the canvas. And that Shakti energy, that feminine energy, those are like the colors on top of that canvas that animate, that bring it to life, um, um, that bring that vitality. So within us, uh, shakti is always there, but most of us are not in tune with that energy. Most of us don't even recognize really that it's there, that it's within us, but it's always working. And, you know, in some people, it's more activated than others, but it's always present there. And so um, I really like to, one of the big things that, that I love, doing and you know it with a lot of my teachings and a lot of my classes is dance you know dance is the most basic way that you can kind of tap that energy just like really allowing your body to get lost in the movement and the moment and the music um and just opening up those pathways you know letting that energy run through um that's a form of shakti energy that that can rise so with a lot of people that are just kind of, you know, understanding it and getting acclimated to it, I always say, okay, start with dance, um, because that'll, that'll really start to wake that energy up.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was at a conference, where was I, uh, Chicago this summer, and there was a lady that came to a lecture that I was giving on feng shui, and she was in a wheelchair. And, um, and afterwards, she stayed, and she said, may I ask you a question, and And, you know, she did, and I answered. And then um, she said, you know, I used to be a dancer. And I said, I "I can see that in you. I said, and you know that's still there, right? And she said, what do you mean? I said, all you have Mm -hmm. to do is close your eyes and dance. And I said, and you can do that right there in that wheelchair. And she said, I never thought of that. She said, I never thought Aww. of that. And she was she was a trained Isadora Duncan um, movement therapist. And so oh, the wow. next – oh, I know. Can you imagine? I was like, oh, my gosh, I know what's in there. <laughs> and so the next day she was on a walker walking all over the exhibit hall. And I thought, I bet she danced through the night and just her body oh – and I told her. I said, the cellular memory's there, all you have to do is be open to dancing, and you'll be dancing right there. And the next day, I saw her, and I said, good for you. And she just looked at me and smiled. Did you know? I mean, I was on my way to somewhere, and she was, you know, walking on it. But I thought, okay, so she went from a wheelchair to a walker the next day. But, you know, how fabulous is
0: that? Oh, that's amazing. I love that. That gives me goosebumps.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you've heard women in your classes, I don't know how to dance or I can't do that. So, you know, what is one of your stories that you can share of just a miracle? Someone who will dance. Yeah.
0: You know what I do? So <laughs> to avoid that, <laughs> um, I I break it down to like just shaking it out first. So we kind of transition into it. So. It's like, you know, everybody knows how to just shake their body, you know, shake your body out. And so I always start out by playing music and allowing just everybody, like, just both feet on the ground, just start shaking the body out. Just shake the arms out, shake the head, shake the hips, shake the legs. Let's keep doing it. Let's turn it up. Let's double the movements. Let's double the energy. And we keep doing that. And then. Um, then it just kind of naturally segues into dancing. It's really funny because they don't even realize it. <laughs> so we're right, doing that right. for maybe five, ten minutes, and then all of a sudden they're just moving their hips, they're just dancing, they're just completely lost in it. And um, I like to do it in a way where, you know, I have everybody close their eyes. So there's not that self-conscious thing of, do I look funny, do I look okay, am I doing it right? You know, so everybody's sort of just in their own space. And just allowing the body to, you know, like move, like allowing the body to move you and not the other way around and not controlling the movements, just allowing the dance to happen from within um, and not dictating, you know, every moment, just really letting it be spontaneous because um, that's really the best way to do it and the best way to really, you know, like liberate that, that sexy energy.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. So in your um, section two, the body, you start off with um, become madly devoted to your body. And then you uh, talk about how to start a revolution and crack the code of your Shakti, which we talked a little bit about. And then you talk about the chakras, which we've talked just a little bit about. And then um, you talk about sensuality as power. We've talked about that. But now I'd like to go to your breasts are your superpowers.
0: Oh, my gosh. This is my favorite topic. (laughs) <laughs> I, was I know this there. was a powerful section. <laughs> I
1: want to tell you for me as a as a uh, mastectomy survivor etc but oh. I, I mean I could talk on this it for is. a little bit but but I do talk about awarenesses when I read this chapter yeah. Mhm.
0: Oh, so whatever okay. you want to
1: share. <laughs> and I'll share yes. it too if you would like. Okay.
0: But Oh, yes, I would love to hear. I would love to hear your story too. Um so like oh my gosh, it, it, this is such a big a big topic. First of all, um, I want to start out by saying, like I have been telling every woman this lately. Like, I'm, as I'm doing women's circles and I'm doing more now with a book out. Um, is, is like it's literally if you if you take one thing one just one thing away from this workshop from this circle, um, let it be breast massage. Um, I tell everybody like if you start your day off with a breast massage, I'm just I, it just I don't know what what it is, but the whole day seems to just flow from there. And um, I think that you know I, I just think you know we we neglect we've neglected our breasts for so long, um, and we need to start relating to them um, in in different ways, right? And and just that's part of like the whole self love thing. So. In the, the heart chakra, um, I, which I, I truly believe is the just the most powerful, powerful place um, for a woman uh, to to just start accessing her power right away. And so I always am working with women on heart chakra. You know, going deeper into the heart space, going deeper into that energy, because in the breast there are so many lines of energy that are just just there, just waiting to be tapped, literally. Um, and if you can get yourself quiet and if you can start just, you know, just going deep into the body and into the breast area and just noticing the subtle energies that exist there, just noticing at first, you know, not, not so much, um, having any expectation as you go into it, just breathing and noticing and being aware of what's there, you might start to notice this this warmth or this kind of vibration, and this is something that, um, you know, we might not be tapped into because we're going about our day, you know, we're, we're so busy with this and that, with our routines, with our responsibilities, and so sometimes, you know, we, we forget, we forget there's just this wealth of wisdom and power present here all the time, and so I tell women, you know, just take some time, breathe into your breath, you know, feel the aliveness that's there, and when you start to, um, when you start to really connect with a sensation, because at first, when you first start doing this, it's going to be very tiny, it's going to be subtle. But when you start, oh my gosh, like I feel, I feel a hint of something, I feel a spark of something. And when you start actually sitting, I like to call it sitting in the center of that sensation, just stopping what you're doing, breathing and just sitting and just like the laser honing in on it, it'll start to expand, right? Because what we, what we focus on always expands. And so when we sit with it, it starts to expand and we start to really feel the potential that exists there and the lines of energy that exist in the chest and in the breast area. And so um, this is something I, I have to, like I, I miss some days, I'll admit, but I I try to make it a point in my, in my morning routine when I'm doing waking up and doing breath work and meditating to end with a breath massage, even if it's just for two or three minutes. um, Just something about that just brings you back into your body, into the present moment um, and just really connects you to yourself and, and everything around you in a really um, just a very tangible way. So that's just, yeah, that's a big thing, I think. That's a huge thing.
1: Oh, I think so, too. And, you know, there is this one um, line that, I, you know, I mean, the whole chapter was fabulous. But the the section is um, how to make love through the breasts. And it's, um, you know, it's talking about getting out of the linear mind and just experiencing and feeling much like you just described, you know, opening your heart chakra and um, like I Okay, so the part that I love is, uh, this is the truth of everything that you are. Pleasure, vibrancy, aliveness, passion, endless possibility. And to me, that summed up this whole deal, like like everything. Mm-hmm. Pleasure, vibrancy, mm-hmm. you know, aliveness, passion, endless possibility. It's almost like you just took all the energy, the kundalini energy, and in those few words, you put it all. Mm-hmm. And um, I love how you then said but all of these things become difficult to gather into our awareness when we're stuck pursuing a very masculine way of engaging with our breasts, mm-hmm. our yannis, and our sex life. The masculine mm-hmm. way tends to neglect the deeper energies of love and pleasure skating along the surface of a vast and infinite ocean. I, my goodness, yes.
0: Yes. yes. No, and.
1: <laughs> And, well, and see, with Tantra, and if you're wondering what the yoni is, maybe we ought to explain the lingam and the yoni here so that um, the women are like, what is she talking about? Because if you haven't studied Tantra, <laughs> you don't know these terms. So um, whatever you want to share right. here.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, the yoni is the, the vagina. And it's, you know, like in the, the, the traditional way to do it, I guess, is you know when when you are making love and you know you're thinking about pleasure, you're thinking about sexual pleasure. I, I feel like there's so much focus placed on that, right? There's so much focus placed on on the the vagina area and like so much expectation that's present there. Um, but it's actually it's it, it's amazing. It's a subtle shift if you start like just completely just letting that go, right? and start me- melting into the breast and that energy that vibrancy that present there then that just just that softening just kind of drips down into the décolleté area and it it opens that area and it's like unbelievable it's 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 just like i don't i can't even it's like a million times more pleasure than you could experience just doing it that tip, the typical way. Um, right. So when you bring the breath into it, into the equation, bringing that energy in, um, there's just this 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 new this this whole new level of pleasure actually happens. And just it's like really a lotus beautiful. unfolding,
1: right? Like just yes. this flower opening, you know? Yes.
0: Yes. It's effortless.
1: Right. Right, and you know it's interesting. Like um, way back in the day, in the Chinese culture, where the little feet would be wrapped, and they were like little lotus feet, mm-hmm. they would call them, and they would carry the woman. And you know, it was this whole thing of a of a woman being a um, female and receiving. And I, you know, there's it's really uh-huh. trippy. Like <laughs> like that whole that whole thing. But you can actually like the way you described it was just beautiful that, you know, you'll start with the breasts, but then the next thing you know, there's a warmth throughout and you can feel it and yes. you can feel yourself opening. Right. I know yes. you did a great job you describing did, right? it. And I was like, and I was it, like, okay. Like,
0: thank oh, yeah. thank you so much. It, yeah. And it's crazy. It's it just like just from settling and releasing that expectation, I think, because, you know, sometimes it's just there's so many expectations that we bring to the table, you know, in terms of our pleasure, sexuality, sex. I mean, there's just so much, I feel like so much shame and um, fear, you know, that's just been perpetuated for so long in our culture. And just such a misunderstanding. Our culture has actually kind of separated us, you know, from, from the body and the power of the body. Right. Um, and so when you start just, like, relaxing into it, and just seeing what's naturally there, it's just amazing. It permeates every cell in your being um, going about it, you know, just through through the breath. And, it, it's, and yeah. what was
1: interesting <laughs> for me is you know, how you, you covered the part of women who have lost their breasts. And so for me, this chapter was um, just very eye-opening. I mean, I, I've done a lot of self-discovery, but you know, we're always discovering more. And so your newspaper incident on the plane um, happened to me when i was i don 't know fifteen maybe um, the oh. i was a, i ba- I babysat for kids you know in the neighborhood, and so there was some a, a man and a woman across the street the the wife left him one day just was gone and he and left him with the two kids you know you just didn't see that back then this was you no. know a long time ago, and so oh. I was babysitting one night, and when I was leaving. He grabbed me and tried to kiss me and tried to, and, and I was like, What are you what are you doing? Oh you know, like stop gosh. that. And then when I told my mom about it, listen to this. I d I didn't tell her right away. But then he uh-huh. wanted me to babysit again and I told my mom, No, I don't think so and she goes, Why would you not? You always babysit I'm like, Well uh-huh. I said, This is what happened and she goes, What? I'm like, you know what? I feel really sorry for him, Mom. I mean, can you imagine? I'm 15. I feel really sorry for him. He yeah. He's so lonely without his wife, and I think he just was like, and she goes, no. That is no excuse. <laughs> like, you know, my mom <laughs> was just like livid. But but the whole oh, thing was this. I had to w- start wearing a bra when I was nine years old. I mean, that's oh, wow. these these breasts came in big and like, okay, here we are. And I started my period at yeah. age 10. And so my mother, you know, I started my period before they even taught it in school. And my mom kind of sensed that might happen. So to her credit, she um, she gave me all the books and did all the stuff because when she started her period, she thought she was dying because no one had explained it to her. So she went overboard, oh. making sure I understood it. Okay. So now, wow. now let's go. Yeah. So here's this big-breasted woman who then has three kids and gains weight. All right. So I... Before I was diagnosed with breast cancer I think I was like a 42 double or triple F Or something ridiculous It was so So I went from not wanting them to be seen To okay Like this is the world They were like you know like ridiculous I had to go to a special shop So when the the breast diagnosis Breast cancer diagnosis came I'm like well You know when they realized it was multifollicular Mm -hmm. They're like okay well you need to do um, A mastectomy and um, and doing that, I didn't, you know, have to do the radiation. So I did do the chemo. But nonetheless, I said, okay, well, if I have to go through this experience, then I want two things. I want no more periods because I've had them for 41 years, like clockwork every single month, and I want a boob job. So here's uh-huh. the interesting thing, Rhoda. Like, I don't grieve at being gone. I celebrate that I got this whole new, like, experience out of the breast cancer but you know it was like i don't know how to explain it i don't know how to explain it but it's it's been liberating for me but yet there's a whole thing as a woman when it's it's totally fake and there you're not supposed to have sensation because Mm -hmm. there's nothing there it's down to the chest wall but because i'm an energy healer i can still feel things and you know it's kind of but i'm but i'm not yeah Mm -hmm. but i'm not supposed to but i do feel feel it so for me it was liberating but it's also been kind of like an awkwardness just a little bit and so you're I thought you know what like I learned from my um, my hands-on healing teacher that when you have a complete mastectomy and you have an implant and or cause the, what happens is your body creates a capsule that surrounds it and then and then holds it in place as it accepts it but you can have problems so i I'm, I was comfortable with doing the massage where I would take my I knew how to take my hands and go up underneath the breast and keep all that open so that the scar tissue and everything was open, but it was never a sensual thing. it was a do this and i I actually flew my teacher in from California because I wanted her to teach me how to do this technique um, and I had broken my ankle I wanted her to work on my ankle, so I brought her in oh. she went to the she went to the plastic surgeon with me and everything, and you know it was just very sweet. But the whole thing is, is this your this breast um, exploration? We don't, we just don't learn this. We don't learn anything no. like this.
0: No, no it's very no. empowering.
1: Right, right. And I think oh. that with the incidence of breast cancer and you know, and mm-hmm. so many women wear underwire bras and they just don't realize that it makes things you know even more stagnant. So what you're doing is waking up sexuality, waking up your connection with yourself, and taking these things that are kind of ignored a lot of times and making them part right. of Right. Right. So it was very, very, oh. very, very, very powerful, very powerful, oh, my God. Um, and then you segue that right into the womb. So let's go there next, um, or, you know, we have, we have like 10 minutes left, so, oh, I know, it goes by so fast. So, oh, I know. I know, I know. So, do you want to do taking sex beyond the bedroom, or do you? Or do you? What do you want to do next?
0: Yeah, let's see. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, there's the whole sex beyond the bedroom. That's a good one. Even the period stuff is good. Um, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: I forgot about that because I went into instant menopause. That was another thing. It was like I never got to go through menopause. So. No, it's all oh, right. Wow. I don't miss it. I don't miss it, but but and I didn't think. <laughs> but the point is is that when you miss sections like that, it's kind of like interesting when you observe other people with their hot flashes and stuff, and you're like, hmm, but um, but oh, yes. I also want to mention to the listeners, okay, so uh, to find Rhoda after this interview, um, her book, once again, is Fierce Woman, Wake up Your Badass Self, and I'm assuming you can get this anywhere. It's published by Llewellyn. Um, yes. And then uh, her website is Rhoda Shapiro, which is r h o-d-a-s-h-a-p-i-r-o dot com and then you have a Facebook page
0: yes yes I do have a Facebook page
1: which um, one would you like and, them to like
0: um, I have a, a personal which I post most of my stuff on my personal page actually so um, they could find me there they can follow me on my personal page um, or go to my, my business page which is Rhoda Shapiro Okay
1: And then um, Okay so that I would You know suggest you do that and then I'm just going to mention One more time since we're getting um, You know we're three fourths of the way through the show Is to be part of Spirit Seeker's Email list so that you know who the radio show Guests are when the magazine's online Etc. Send an email to info At spiritseeker.com and you can see On Spirit Seeker's website all the different Events that are happening with Spirit Seeker And Cindy Meyer Okay, so Rhoda, here we go. Do you want to talk about the the menstruating consciously, or I mean, especially with working with the womb, or do you want to do sex outside the bedroom?
0: Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna let you pick because all those I I I love talking about. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, what do you want to end with? Let's talk about the womb
1: and um, I menstruating consciously and. And because that's solar plexus and it's also going into chakra two, sexuality and creativity is like the whole, the whole, okay. well, it's more, it's more chakra three, personal power, um, et cetera. Let's, let's talk, because I think a lot of women are, they hate their period. They hate that it hurts.
0: They, yeah. there's just
1: so much that goes,
0: I yeah. don't know. So.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's talk on that for a couple minutes. And then if we have time, we can still go okay. to the next
0: part. Yeah let's do that, let's do that, okay so we'll start with this so with the period, it's funny because I I I was one of those women for such a long time and I I feel like um, you know, I mean from the very beginning I just I just despised being on my period I despised it, there was nothing positive about it, there was nothing comfortable about it Um, I got my period when I was 12 and My mom was so excited. I just remember her being so excited when it happened. Um, But then she wasn't really able to explain, you know, like explain why she was so – I didn't know why. I thought she was crazy. I said, why is she so excited that I'm curious, period? This is weird. And so um, she didn't really explain it. I didn't really – you know, I I tried to, to, to learn what I could about it. But in the end, to me, it was just a bother. It was just an annoyance, Right. So, um, I went through many years like this and uh in the book I even share that um you know, I, I, I did everything that I could to try and, and shorten the length of time that <laughs> that I was on my period. Like literally I would like go to the gym and I would run on the treadmill forever because I found out that when I did that my period like went down from five days to two. So I did that oh, crazy. Um, and I was like, yes, I thought I was a genius. I thought I was like, I discovered, you know, like.
1: I, I the solution.
0: Like, <laughs> yes, to everything. And so I was so excited. And so I, you know, did that for a while. And, you know, I just, it it just, I, I realized in the end that it was just putting me further and further away from myself. And I, you know, I would feel easily depleted, um, you know, just exhausted, just a general sense of, meh. Nah, I don't know, everything's okay, but you know, kind of a, a place of lack, you know, feeling of lack, I should say, within. Right. And um, when I started going deeper in, into the tantra work and into, you know, the self love and the body love and just, you know, understanding, you know, and, and, and doing works with the breasts and the yoni and all of that, um, and I started like, wow, you know, learning all about the importance of menstruation and, and really what that is and what a what a sacred process that is. Um, and 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 just started like thinking like wow I, I just started I just was awestruck after all these years of, of despising my period, now beginning to really feel into it and understand just how magical all of that is and and you know, how magical that makes me, you know, as, as a woman. Um, How magical it is to have that process every month, to have a womb, to be able to create life, to create, I mean, it it doesn't even have to be in the form of a baby. I mean, it could be anything, right? I mean, women, we have the power to manifest so much. And um, I feel like we're just so naturally just in the body. There's just so much um, that's just aligned to cycles you know the cycles of birth and death and rebirth and all of that there's just so much beauty to be explored in that and when I started shifting and um actually loving when my period came around like literally it was just so transformative I literally would just celebrate I mean every time I had my period and and that actually um uh magically like made me feel less Uh, pain, uh, less cramping, um, less, you know, in that place of like, ah, you know, anger, like lashing out, like being upset, you know, I I, I actually was like, wow, okay, no, I'm in my power now, you know, and that that process of of that bleed is so significant because it's allowing your body that chance to release and really reset and, and be cleansed. I mean, you're releasing all of this stuff from, you know, the last cycle, and to actually surrender to that process and to bleed consciously, um, it just changes everything. It just changes the way that you relate to yourself as a woman, and the way you relate to everybody around you.
1: Yeah, see, in different cultures, it's so it's so different. Like, um, I don't know if you've read the book The Red Tint, but it's phenomenal. It's where. Um, It was, like, way, way back in history um, Where when a woman was on her um, moon, on her period She would go into the tent, the red tent And they were not allowed to work They were not allowed to do They were to rest when they were on their moon And um, the other younger women would cater to them Knowing that eventually they, too, would be in that state And then the crones were there Mm -hmm. You know, the elders And it was just all part of women understood how this process worked. And, you know, when there's a Native American sweat lodge, they will not let you in when you're on your moon because you have more power than the medicine man. You mm. know, I mean, because it's such a powerful time of creation and fertility and the possibility of all of that. And then, um, and then there were menstrual min- cups where they would actually – collect the menstrual blood, and fertilize the crops. This is a whole deal. It's like a whole deal. And oh, wow. I didn't know
0: that. Yes, okay. yes, yes,
1: yes. And then in the oh. Jewish faith, there are many ceremonies. Well, you know, there's prayers, uh, ceremonies for everything, it seems, Um and there's one for a a young woman becoming, um, you know, uh, you know, reaching her first period, and then there's another one mm-hmm. when they reach the croning state, celebrating that and this transition into mm-hmm. yet another phase, you know. And it's funny, I I my daughter was actually at her father's when um, she started her period, so his girlfriend got the the wonder. I mean, I you know, I I didn't get that. That time, I mean, I'd explained it to her and everything, but it was just interesting that you know she was she was there when that happened, and so, you know, there's just nothing really written how to help your daughter celebrate this passage. So here's your mom, all excited, but you didn't totally understand her enthusiasm, and yet. I think, you know, in the Jewish faith, that's why they, at age 13, you're a woman and a man. You do your Bar Mitzvah, Bat Mitzvah, because it all changes once that whole thing, you know, snaps in. And yet you were 12 when your period started and I was 10. So, um, you know, but we're not taught to celebrate it. We're not, like, it's kind of like, you know, and one time I did this paper on menopause. It was when I was working on one of my degrees, and it was, I contrasted, um, the way the western United States you know western part of the world looks at menopause and how eastern cultures look at it and I'm going to tell you something eastern cultures do not have the same approach to menopause that um, oh. that we do in this country and so they Ooh. don't have as many hot flashes or if they do they come and they go and it's not a big deal we as a culture wow. treat it treated it as some terrible thing that's happening so so, your book, coming back to to your book, you are teaching women all the way through from start to finish. you know the first seven years of our life are physic are physical the next seven you know we're in school, it's mental, the next mm-hmm. seven it's emotional, and then the next seven is mm-hmm. spiritual, like you know what the heck is this all about? Well, your book starts mm-hmm. from you know being this young woman discovering who you are and then um taking that with you and reclaiming it. All the way
0: through, right. right so right. we
1: have we have one minute, Rhoda. What do you want to say? Okay. What are the final words of wisdom?
0: That, that okay. In, <laughs> in one minute, I will say about that chapter, taking sex out of the bedroom. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to put this out there: is that you know that energy, uh, sexual energy, right? Is is really the 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 core of, of who we are, but it goes beyond just sexual energy. It's creative energy. It's dynamic energy. It's energy that, um, you, uh, when you tap, you don't just, you don't have to just use it for pleasure for the bedroom. It's energy that you can use in every aspect of your life. Um, you know, you can use it to create, you can use it to work, to manifest, to have deeper relationships. Um, just to feel more of a sense of well-being and joy and self-worth and self-love. So I really just want to encourage, you know, all women to really, you know, own your pleasure, to really step into it. And just, you know, um, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, it's, 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 Your power. It's your power.
1: Okay. Pleasure leads to pleasure. Okay. (laughs) So, Rhoda, (laughs) thank you for being my guest. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you to your husband who supported you in the six months of dropping everything else and creating this and, And you know, and the creation force and the Shakti energy to get it done. So, Thank you, thank thank you, you, thank you. And listeners, we'll be back on the air next week, and um, Christine Compass will be my guest with astrology and numerology and all kinds of wonderful things. Okay, thank you so much, Rhoda, and thank you, listeners, and we'll be back on the air next week. Have a great week. Okay, thanks so much. Okay, good night.